0: You know that moment when you're watching your team play and the game is close and you're invested. All of your focus is on the field and it just starts raining. But they keep playing and and you try to ignore it. But pitch after pitch, the rain falls harder and harder and you feel so uneasy that at any moment the game will be called. If they could just play quicker, but it's the third inning, so it'll all be for naught and nothing will have mattered. And you think to yourself, they can't possibly play in this, can they? This cannot be safe, is it? But it keeps going. Well, that's the way that it seems watching baseball right now. At any moment, someone's going to come on the field and say it's time to go home. It's uneasy. There's a storm a brewing, but it ain't rain. Hello, world. It is Tuesday, a beautiful Tuesday in Toronto. It is the wolf in sheep's clothing. You are listening to Underdogs. I am David Patrick Fleming. With me, as always, Jacob Eman. Jacob, what is going on?
1: Not a whole lot. I was just thinking, like, what if I'm not here always, David? You know, what if, what if I don't, what if I can't do the show someday? What are you going to say then?
0: Oh my God, that'll be like just such a great day for me. I can just tell stories about my life. I won't even talk about sports or just <laughs> little interesting quips that I saw when I was looking through the news.
1: Yeah. Okay. I've just taken some rollbacks set. <laughs> um, I'm working through some stuff in my spine, neck, head area, hoping that it's going to, hoping that it's going to be okay. I don't feel great. But uh, hopefully this Robax is going to start doing, doing the trick.
0: I mean, anytime I've taken Robax set, I've had nothing but a great time. It, it relaxes you. It mellows you out. I mean, you might get a little bit of brain fog, but uh, it's a good time. You mix that with some booze, a couple shots of vodka, maybe a beer or two. You're looking at a good day.
1: Are you When you do that, are you uh, mashing it up in like a mortar and pestle and mixing it into the booze, or are you just popping them? And then taking taking this swig
0: afterwards. What kind of problem do you think I have? What kind of level of effort do you think I have to go into something like that? I'm just taking the pills and then having a couple drinks because.
1: Okay. I don't know. I thought maybe the mortar and pestle. you asking me if I. To a powder would be more effective.
0: You're asking me if I snort Robaxacet? No, mix it in,
1: dissolve it into like a beer or something.
0: I did, I had a surgery one time and uh, they gave me uh, oxycodone just to recover from this surgery. And so I started taking it and then, you know, cause I had nothing to do with my time. I would just be Googling like oxycodone, like how bad is the addiction to this? Cause these drugs are amazing. And people would be like, the best way to take oxy is you crush it up, snort it, wait 20 minutes, smoke a joint, kill a beer that's the best way to take it. And I was like, I can't go down this rabbit hole.
1: <laughs>
0: so we've got four more Marlins players with COVID-19. Yeah, what is it, 17 total? It's the whole team. It's just the entire team. It's I, We're probably a week away from getting a tryout to make that team. We've got <laughs> David Price calling out the league, saying that they don't have the players' health as their number one priority we've got Rob Manford the snake the snake Rob Manford on MLB.com had an interview with Tom Verducci and uh, for me it's it's really tough watching him Um, there's so much uncertainty with the league right now but then on the flip side we got positive stuff like Nate Pearson potentially making his major league debut on Monday we got the Blue Jays evening up their record at two and two with a nice little victory uh, in Washington last night Mm-hmm. But I want to start with this situation that Major League Baseball is in. It seems really sketchy to me. The way that Major League Baseball has handled this whole thing, the more and more I think about it, the more questions I have, and the more I'm siding with David Price saying they don't actually have the player's best interest. Well, apparently,
1: they just let the players have a little text message thread between them they choose when they get to play or if they want to play. I don't know at, at, at what point, how many people have to test positive before the, someone other than the players in a text message thread with each other get to choose whether they play a baseball game? It, it's, how did that it happen? It can never be
0: up to the players. It, 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 players are always going to play. Ken Giles pitched the other night when clearly like his arm's broken. They're, they're always going to choose to play. And it's so weird when you think about it, like Juan Soto tests positive on opening day and they're like, play, play, just play, just get out there, play, 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 play. And then on Sunday, you've got all these Marlins players who tested positive, and it's like, play, play, play. And I just believe, with some of the things that I've been reading, and but it's all this isn't a fact. This is pure speculation. I believe that MLB has given the go-ahead in these moments to play. Mm-hmm. And I think that they have right. been informed. When you see Don Mattingly respond to that, it's awkward. He's, he's holding something back. And when you see Rob Manford in that interview... That worm doesn't make eye contact for longer than two seconds. He's staring down, and he looks gray as fuck. He looks like he has no blood in his body, that he's just given the commissioner's blood to keep him alive. He is a snake.
1: I had a hard time hearing any of the information that he said or paying attention. Like, I just couldn't shake this feeling that he was a character from Fargo. Like, I don't know if I'd ever heard his voice that much before. He was like, yeah, we're going to these guys are going to play on wednesday and you know like i was like what is this accent that you have it's very subtle and you can tell that he's worked his whole life in like a law office to get rid of it but it just comes out every once in a while and it's got this kind of a thing and you're like
0: what <laughs> that's really funny i didn't i'm thinking about that but like there is this really uh Different quality to him now. When he first came into the league, he had all this confidence. He had good posture, and he spoke well, and he looked people in the eyes. And now when you see him, he's hunched over. His skin is gray. He doesn't make eye contact. He's just been holding in so many lies since the Astros scandal until now that I can't imagine it's fun being him. So 17
1: positive tests. Can you imagine if that happened to the Blue Jays? Like last night watching the game, we didn't have Bo Bichette. Um... We didn't have Randall Grichik, and I'm like, oh, woof! That what? Look what happens to this lineup when we when we have two dudes out? Yeah. <laughs> Imagine seventeen. And like, what? Who who would be playing at that point? The Blue Jays that you've never heard
0: of. And and who who is ever gonna feel safe playing the Marlins anytime soon? Mm-hmm. Uh, that's what I don't see. That's where I get stuck in thinking that this season can continue because. Players are just going to be like, no, I I don't want to. But Dave Martinez was uh, on um, in an interview yesterday, saying how scared he was. He was so vulnerable about it. He almost brought himself to tears, saying because he had some health concerns last year. He's got a family, and he's saying like, I'm scared. I'm really scared. And so just take it easy on us. We're human beings too. And I was like, what are we doing? I I can't. I'm almost getting to the point where I can't watch it. Like, I want to, and I love baseball, and I love watching it, but it's almost like I can't be a part of the reason that they continue to do this, because it doesn't feel right.
1: No, they've, they've got to do something with Miami, especially. Imagine being on that team, too, when they're like, all right, everybody, we've uh, cleared quarantine, and it's time to head home to our safe, nice home that we love going back to in Miami, Florida. just like everyone's look on the plate like looking out the window when the plane's touching (laughs) down just like bug eyed like oh my god I can't believe we have to go back here like can they play can they do what the Jays are doing can they find them somewhere else to play can they be the away team I
0: I don't see how anybody make them go back when when that plane lands into Miami it must be like when a plane comes into Toronto and you can see the smog it must just be like this like layer of virus like sitting over the the city as the plane just dips down into it they can't play there no team's ever going to want to go there no team probably even wants to be around that team regardless of where they play I think you just have to say Miami sorry it didn't work out this year to save the season you guys can't be a part of this I don't I don't know how else you do it I mean they've canceled their games yesterday and tonight they've canceled the Phillies game yesterday and tonight and I know they're buying time they're trying to get a bunch of tests done but that doesn't like it, it. You could probably tell these players, you know, there's so many negative tests. Does that ease your mind? No. Try to hit a 98 mile an hour fastball where you're worried about the catcher breathing on you. Do they just give everyone an automatic win for like what their <laughs> date was against the Marlins at that point if they aren't playing, or do they flip a coin? <laughs> if the team still wants to fly into Miami and party, uh, feel free, but you're not going to be playing the team. Yeah, man, I don't know what you do. I guess it's just like it would just be off days, I guess. Um, there's no other way around it. You can't just force teams to play a team that, is, that has been just decimated with this illness.
1: They were in first place. They won, they won two games <laughs> against the Phillies, two, two and one. They're the first place team in the NL East. Well, they should duck um, out
0: now and, always, and people will always say, what if? It'll be documentaries in the future. What if the Miami Marlins could have played 58 more games? But I just
1: don't understand. I guess it, everything comes down to winning percentage at that point because everyone who isn't playing in the East will have way less games played than the Western and Central teams. Because they want to play those Miami games.
0: Yeah. I, I mean, <laughs> I don't know, man. Like, those to me are the secondary things. Like, figure that out some other way, make it work. But I think that it would do the MLB really good right now to make some sort of offering that makes the players feel like their safety is uh, a, the number one concern because it doesn't feel that way from the outside right now. But let's pretend for a minute, let's go to a fantasy land here where baseball matters and it's uh-huh. fun and it's important. So let's talk about okay. the Blue Jays game last night and let's talk about it in the context that the season will continue and that it was a meaningful win for the Blue Jays. Bobachette goes down like right before the game, totally fucked me in my fantasy because I didn't know he wasn't playing until like the second I turned on the game. Um, yeah. Did you really have a, a a fantasy? Like, did you really have a shortstop
1: on the bench that you could have filled that role with?
0: Uh, I think. I mean, it wasn't a good option, but I do believe I have Gene Segura on the bench. <laughs>
1: okay.
0: I mean, it's probably better just to leave the spot vacant than put him in because I think he's playing like <laughs> trash. <laughs> Everyone's playing like trash. No man, I got a Cunha. Like, it's like my first pick. Like, he's an amazing fantasy player. He's dog shit. He's fucking me right now. Um, yeah. Anyway, Bo Bichette goes down to Oscar Hernandez in the leadoff. First at-bat, boom. Dinger.
1: Yeah. I looked like I, maybe I'm just bad at watching at-bats these days. It, it looked like it went right off the end of the bat. I thought it was going to hook foul when I saw it go off or just like kind of a lazy pop-up. That thing just carried. I, I think that there's
0: I think there's a slight different camera angle that they're using to avoid maybe seeing certain amounts of seats. But I also think that there's a lot on the announcer when you're watching that's like as soon as it's hit, the announcer's like, and driven to la-, But like they're watching it, like Dan Schulman and Buck are watching it in the right. same way that we are. So they're like, and he hits it and it's gone. Like it's, right. It's, so there's nothing to kind of carry us out. But I was surprised the first one went out. His second dinger was a no doubt. You could just, I love the crack of the bat. If there was some way to keep the crack of the bat as prominent as it is with no fans in the stands when there's fans being back there, because it's almost like, it's like violent. It's like almost scary when they really hit it on the screws. Yeah. Well, I
1: guess they, they don't have so they're not above it seeing the trajectory of the ball. They see exactly what we see. They see the ball crack and then it just disappears and then hopefully they see it before it lands. Yeah. But uh likely not. And so when it's not pulled, I feel like those I feel like it's really hard to tell with opposite field home runs like that kind of like that kind of hit.
0: There is that moment for me too that uh you know, you're watching a baseball game and it's sort of normal and then when they belt a home run, you're happy about it. But when it lands into the empty stands, you're sort of just reminded of what's going on in this whole thing in the world. And it's just this, this moment, this kind of brief moment of, of darkness when that thing just clangs around in the seats.
1: That's what I was talking about yesterday, man. <laughs> build a wall, build a moat out there. <laughs> moat. <laughs> Make the wall higher so that you can't see over it. And then it disappears, and you don't know what happens to it.
0: You don't know what's behind this wall, folks. It could be just a gaggle of fans having a good time. Avert your eyes. It's a home run. Foghorn. Maybe we could
1: release, like, eight or nine monkeys into the outfield stands. (laughs) See what they do. Now we're fully
0: back to normal, folks. Watch the monkeys fight over the ball. Watch them tear each other's arms off. That sounds like fun. (laughs) I mean... Yeah, it does. You go through a lot of monkeys. Like yesterday in the Blue Jays game, you would have went through like thirty monkeys. You can't use thirty monkeys a game with every team that's out there. You know what I mean? Like that's that doesn't look good for the MLB to have like I don't know. Let's ballpark five hundred monkey deaths over the course of the season.
1: What about just a couple of really good boys, like doggies out there that try and catch the ball?
0: That's to me somehow so much sadder than empty stands, just watching these dogs, just prancing around the seats, trying to fight, find these balls and, you know, probably not being able to the ball trickles away and then the dogs sort of give up and they sit down and and we're just wondering why the camera has stayed so long on these dogs. We don't even see the player across the plate. And all of a sudden we miss the first pitch because we're watching these two dogs. That sounds awful.
1: Yeah, I don't know. I, I really like dogs. I like as much time viewing them as possible. So I don't mind. The only concern is that there's like some really boisterous, confident, like golden retriever that sees a, a home run ball and tries to catch it out of the air and yeah. breaks all of its teeth or its yeah. jaw or something. Like it can't handle that kind of
0: um velocity or that moment when stanton hits a 121 mile an hour home run and then you know like you just see it smoke the dog in the chops but they cut the camera away and like the commentators are sort of silent for a few seconds and you're not really sure how (laughs) to feel and there's an awkwardness on the field but they don't really address that a dog's just been murdered you're you're just (laughs) left with that feeling and every time the home runs get hit later in the game there's just no dogs anymore (laughs) Even even
1: last night there was a there was a nice dog on the on the broadcast. They showed a shot of it. It lingered a bit too long. This is probably a ten second shot of of the dog and Buck and Dan. are first, are like, hey, there's a good boy. He's there, and then it keeps it hold the shots on on him, and then you realize how hard this dog is panting, and you realize how how long they've been talking about how hot it is there, and yeah. then and then Buck's like, what well, about that's a hot dog there. <laughs> that dog is hot and dan's like well it's very hot out and there's a very hot dog and they'd have to keep like riffing on this how hot it is and like, and like how hot dan, is it please,
0: should this please get the is there water off. for this dog please get the camera off of this dog i think we're watching its demise but maybe on the uh, washington broadcast they're talking about this dog like and this is lucky he's been around this stadium for years but buck and dan are just left with this dying dog <laughs> that they have to comment on for five minutes
1: yeah um Vladdy looked like a bit of a a, a dying dog after his first at bat. Oh man! Maybe not a dying dog, but it was the first time I'd seen him in a long time. I think there was once last season where I remember remarking to you, maybe in a text message, like, "Wow, it's." I don't remember seeing Vlad ever get that angry after, after an at bat. Maybe this is a good thing for him.
0: He's he he looked that first at bat was horrendous. He just looked really bad. He just looked like he had no focus. And you know what I was thinking about yesterday when I was watching this game, because look, like I'm hard on Vladdy, but I'm hard on the people that I love, you know, and I love Vladdy and I want him to do well. And I was thinking, you know, it's quite odd that Vladdy can get on the phone and call David Ortiz and Edgar Martinez. And the reason that I think he can do those things is because everybody loved his dad so much. His dad, had so much respect in this league and so there's all this pressure on Vlad in so many different ways there's pressure on him being a number one prospect and then there's pressure to live up to his dad's name and then like how how long does that credit last like if Vladdy keeps struggling and then all these other players that just give him all this respect blindly because his dad was so great like how long does that last and does he feel that accumulation of pressure building up. And then he's got all these people saying, you know, he looks overweight. He's fat. He looks like shit. And that's why he's no good. And that's probably not like, I don't imagine that his at-bats were bad yesterday because he's put on 15 pounds. It's, it's a mental thing because when Vladdy was in the minor leagues, he never struck out. He walked all the time or he mashed. And now you see him just diving out of the zone. And so that to me seems like a mental thing, I just felt really bad for him. I felt like he was a panting dog in the Florida sun, and I just I had to almost look away. Likely is a mental thing,
1: but also do something about it. You know,
0: like why why not at least try and lose a bit of weight? Maybe that'll help you. But, the, but that the the at bats last night are not a weight thing. It's not like the fat like is like swing outside the zone, Vaddy. <laughs> That's what the fat wants.
1: Okay, but the first the first at bat, it was I don't I don't know if it was a changeup or if it was uh, no, it was Sanchez's fastball, I guess it was eighty five straight down the gut. Maybe it was a cutter or something wasn't straight fastball. But after the whole at bat he gets it to a full count right down the gut, eighty five, like it, it was straight in the center. Middle middle, and he
0: swung right through it. Yeah, but I'm sure obviously that's not a bad thing either, but that's not a fat thing. But it's also really surprising. I'm sure when you're pitched a certain way all the time, when all of a sudden there's just like a melon coming down the middle of the plate and you're like, now is my chance, baby. Prove everybody wrong, baby. And then it's, and then just must feel like shit because it's almost at at that point, it's almost embarrassing. So what does he do? What do we
1: do? How can we He's got to go
0: through the struggle. He's got to get, maybe the anger is good. Maybe the anger makes him say like, you know what? I'm going to put in extra work. And look, neither of us know what kind of work he puts in, but maybe the anger it helps him break through a certain wall of things have come easy for him he 's just really talented he 's just really, really good, and maybe there 's just a added amount of work that he needs to put in he 's also yeah. twenty one he has two kids, <laughs> you know what i mean like he 's living through the fucking pandemic too, like Jesus.
1: Well, he's a father of two, and he's got a a lot going on at home, a lot going on on the at the plate. And on Sunday, uh, you
0: feel for the guy. On Sunday, they they played a Vladdy quote on on the game that said, "Uh, you know, people. What people don't realize is I'm even a better father than I am a baseball player." And I was like, "Well, that that statement's uh, not quite clear as to what it means yet, because we're not quite sure how good of a baseball player you are, so we can't give you too much dad cred right now."
1: Yeah. You could, I, I wondered, too, if he was really mad about that at-bat because Sanchez just looked so hittable, and it seemed like all, oh. of, the, you know, all of his friends were just cranking the ball. Teosco hit it out. Guriel hit it in the gap. Like It just seemed like, yeah, no problem. We're going to crush this guy all day, and he goes up and lifts. Oh,
0: I guarantee you that's half of it. That's a great point. I guarantee like when a guy like him is on the mound and you can sort of relax in the box because everything that comes at you is sort of soft and it moves a lot, and even when it's outside of the zone, you're like, ah, I can still hit that. I mean, we've mm-hmm. seen Bobby crush balls out of the zone before. But yes. he just looked awful.
1: Yeah. When he came up in the he came up in the eighth, his at-bat was kind of nice to see. He, he at least smacked the ball hard in the air. It came down in the outfield. He didn't get a hit. But it seemed like it went up and down really quick to me and that maybe it would have been hit – a hit if the outfielder wasn't positioned fairly perfectly for it. Seemed I don't know like how had, hard the ball was hit. It seemed but. like it had that
0: top spin where like he hit it really square, but it just dove down. Yeah, right. Uh for me, what did you think of Trent Thornton? I thought that he got away with a lot because there was some fucking bullets hit off of him with just a couple more degrees of launch angle. He gets shelled last night. Like those double play lineouts that he got, the the multiple double plays with the lineouts, those were fucking rockets
1: yeah but it's one of the the takeaways that i took from thornton's outing and him getting out of that is that he didn't look as freaked out as he normally does when he had two 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 on and one out or you know had runners on the corners or had the bases loaded he he didn't look like you know he's always a little red i was just gonna say he he always looks
0: blotchy red and sweaty and worried like he he always looks to me like it's he's maybe having an asthma attack so I can't really tell like he's not somebody that I look at and I'm like he's in charge he's in control
1: I felt like I felt like he did look like that to me last night more so than he did last season any in any case
0: I was thinking last night when uh, Baraki came on the mound and I was thinking about Trent Thornton I want to know what you think about this I was thinking which one of those two do you think is more likely to have killed a man in their life, um, Thornton. You think so, eh? But when they put the camera right up close on Baraki's face, I it's uneasy for me. There, there's something going on in there.
1: Well, Thornton, to me, is like the kind of like he killed someone in the way that uh, you know that really bad season of Friday Night Lights when.
0: Uh, um, oh, uh, uh, Jesse, uh, the actor's Jesse name, Jesse Plemons. Jesse Plemons. <laughs> Jesse Plemons.
1: <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> and he's just riddled with guilt. He wants to go to the police all of the time, but his his hot girlfriend convinces him not to. And then his dad—that's like, like
0: why he gets so red in the face. It it's like it's like he needs to make as much money in the MLB before he's caught, just to like live and like feed his family and like justify his life. But Baruchy is different. I I would say in that regard, like when if, when Barucky killed, he meant to kill
1: yeah exactly <laughs> exactly and I don't think he's needed to yet but you know how much I love Baraki he went out there look well, no no comment on Baraki
0: love watching him bitch. just uh there's there's some blood in his past
1: I like too that he doesn't seem like too hardcore about trying to prove people wrong I feel like he's just like yeah this is who I am I go out there I got stuff now I've got my fastball up one or two miles per hour. He was hitting, he hit 96 last night. I, uh, I think it said on the broadcast, I looked afterwards and it was only 95 point something. Yeah, like, I
0: saw that too. And then I, I looked and saw that in kind of like the last year where he was actually like pitching consistently, his fastball average is 91. So that's a big, that's a big jump. But maybe, you know, I think that that's probably true for a lot of starting pitchers when the, if they came in relief that they would be able to throw harder.
1: Yeah, but he, even when he was stretched out, when we saw him last time and he's going for longer innings, his, it's still significantly faster. Yeah, it's, it's interesting
0: because he, he certainly doesn't look um, like he's put on muscle. Like He looks like they just found him on an island after he lived there for 200 days and he ate nothing but sand.
1: Well, they, they keep saying that he's lost 15 pounds yeah. from, un- from last un- season.
0: Unintentionally, just from video games. He's sort of the 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 anti Vladdy. He's sort of like they have both have an issue, but in different worlds.
1: Does does Starlin Castro have to take his helmet off at every at bat? Like, what is with this guy? <laughs> it's it's so unnerving to me. He. He he takes it off. The helmet comes off immediately. He looks straight out over the mound into the empty outfield with these crazy eyes. At one point, Shulman's like, or maybe it was Buck, I don't know, one of them. It's like, oh, he's mad about that one. Look at him. and, and But then you just see him. He does the exact same thing. He's not mad. He just has to take his helmet off. Let this, like... Uh, Spring of hair was just flop thinking, out.
0: I think it's just that the it's like a jack in the box. His <laughs> hair is just like ready to explode every time, and he just gets so anxious about it. it's all he's thinking during the episode. He's Like I gotta take it off before it flies off. Yeah, <laughs> just chill out, dude. Fucking relax, buddy.
1: The biggest thing that I took away from that game afterwards, I'm sitting there f- four hours later or whatever. Um, we didn't, we didn't, we haven't looked. Overmatched at all this season, even with the with the World Series champs, Washington. You know, granted Washington's a little shorthanded; they don't have Soto. We're a little shorthanded. We're seeing (laughs) Scherzer exactly, (laughs) but uh, and in Tampa, we we out hit Tampa big. Like we're not looking. We're not looking
0: overmatched in any way from two really good baseball teams. I mean, it was nice to see the, the power come back last night, too, because they weren't driving the ball in Tampa, really. But then, you know, Teoscar with two bombs. You got Rowdy hitting a bomb. Fuck, he's strong, man. It, I just feel like there's still so much potential in Rowdy. And then Jansen with a bomb. That's really great to see. I, I don't know. Yeah. They, this offense could really roll, I think, you know if there's a game after tonight (laughs) they feed
1: off each other too you know they when 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 good things happen for one like when, when when we get guys on base hits start happening it feels like something clicks between them all and they all start to come alive a little bit maybe maybe that speaks more to a pitcher um getting out of their rhythm or something leaving leaving a lot more hittable pitches in the zone Mm-hmm. than it does to uh, whether or not uh, the hitters feed off each other. Probably a little bit of both. but
0: Yeah, I mean, there's a lot of great pieces on this team that if they can come together at the right time. I mean, you got Roark on the mound tonight. I'm interested to see his uh, Blue Jays debut and see what that looks like. Anything I've read about him was just like, uh, during this quarantine, all I did was take care of my kids and be a husband to my to my wife. Helped her out because she's always alone in the summer. And I'm like, oh, that's really nice, but also very uh, concerning. <laughs>
1: Well, we got, I finally got to see the difference between Roark and Chase Anderson last yes, night. It's was,
0: substantial. They look nothing alike.
1: <laughs> they, they look completely different. <laughs> I was shocked. But we also got to see them openly breaking the rules, as every player seems to not give a shit about at all this season. They were just munching on... Uh, sunflower seeds spitting them all over the place
0: maybe they're known Uh, maybe they're known lovers and so it's like oh well they're already exchanging spit anyway and so it doesn't matter
1: right well i wanted to 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 bring up anderson though because this guy's a beauty oh
0: yeah that mustache Uh, is killer
1: he looked like a dude at a music festival last night. Yeah. He he he's got this sick mustache, blonde hair. His hat is on the back of his head. He's wearing a Blue Jays T-shirt. He's got like a neck tube. He's got his mask, neck tube, buff thing on his neck. Mm-hmm. He he just looks like he's so relaxed. He's got the sunflower seeds. He's quite good looking. Yeah. Uh, I'm I'm he might be my favorite pitcher of the rotation. Now. Yeah, I'm really and, into it. And
0: I haven't seen him throw a pitch. This is how I make decisions. <laughs>
1: there's something to that man you remember in Moneyball? i, I would be one of those guys it's like he looks great and i would have billy bean being like stop telling me about what these guys look like do they get on base what are we talking about here
0: okay so we gotta we gotta wrap this up but before we do we gotta talk about another dude that hopefully we have uh, massive man crushes on soon because he's taking the taking the hill on wednesday night nate pearson you surprised that they call him up on the exact day that he becomes, (laughs) that he bypasses the service time thing? Like, it's such a, it's so weird to me. And like, they're not really saying anything and we all know. And I get it. Look, I get it, but I just find it so odd. Like, what do they say to him? I don't, I just don't understand how, how they portray this to anybody.
1: I think they just hold up two pieces of paper, and on one of them it says five <laughs> days. On the other one, it says one year. <laughs> uh, like, I don't, I don't think that Nate can really be mad at the team for that. I think that that a, a competitor like him has to understand that if he was in that position, he would do the same thing. You have got to imagine, and and that they can come to an agreement through, you know, really being vulnerable with each other, talking about the way things are and being like, this is the hand that we're dealt because of the bargaining agreement. And we kind of have, don't think they're allowed to
0: say that to him though, because then his agent can use that to file the grievance. I don't think they can say it to him. That's what I'm saying. I don't think like, that's a great conversation to have, but I don't think that they can have it because it's leverage for his agent to file the
1: grievance. My thought was that maybe if they are open enough in that conversation, that he doesn't bother with the grievance. And he says, it's five days. You know, think about, I, I was thinking about when I saw the news this morning or last night or whatever, um, just how quickly it's been. Like It feels like, it feels like he, 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 I don't know, I, I haven't noticed even the whole rotation go through like it seems like he could have just not made his debut yet and still been a part of the roster from the beginning it's such a short period of time like we've been so up in arms about him being held down it's like it's it's like a, a, i've blinked <laughs> and suddenly we're talking about Nate Pearson start coming up like and and the fact that he's now our ace they've moved him into our number 1 slot from now on He's going to be facing the best pitchers that every team has to offer, basically. he's going up against
0: Scherzer, in theory, tomorrow night.
1: (laughs) Yeah, Ryu got pushed back, which is nice for... It's both nice for Ryu to get a break, but it also, like, guess what, kid? You're facing Scherzer. You're going to line up with... Every team's number one now.
0: yeah, just to say that's not like a seemingly disrespectful thing to push Ryu. Ryu at uh, 22 out of 29 starts last year. they gave him an extra day because I don't know, I guess he needs that or he prefers that or you know maybe it's a health thing. I have no idea. but let's let's move service time to the aside. Let's throw it out the window, let's mash it up in a ball, throw it in the can. give me some predictions for Nate Pearson's major league debut tomorrow night in Washington as the home team, may I say? The Blue Jays will be the home team tomorrow night in Washington. Predictions.
1: I feel like he's gotten his nerves out of the way. I feel like that start in Boston was huge for him and gave him a chance to, to feel what it's like to, uh, to be on televised going against the, another team. To me, those games, I know that you kind of chirped me a little bit for saying that that they uh, felt, felt like uh, they were a part of the regular season. To me, the energy was like the excitement from those games, and it being the first time the Jays are playing against another team. I think almost made for more nerves than a real game would. So I feel like he's gonna go out there and he's gonna go <clears throat> four, maybe five innings, and he's going to just keep filling up the strike zone. I don't think I don't think he's gonna be uh, overmatched with any any hitters. You know, there, there's. I'll give it to the Nationals hitters. They, they're, they're tough outs, but uh, that's partially because they they foul so much off, and I think it's going to be harder to if if Nate Pearson's locating that fastball. I think it's there, there's going to be a lot of swing and miss, and he's not going to have to worry about these long at bats. I think he can just mow through them, let it eat.
0: I think we're going to see these glimpses of his greatness. I I'm going to say right now he gets 10 Ks, men. 10, but I also think his walks are going to be up and I think that that's going to be like why he's taken out early. I think his pitch count's going to get up there. I think he's going to have like 10 Ks, four walks. Uh his stuff at times is going to be so electric. I think the Nationals will see I think the Nationals will either to themselves or maybe the camera will catch it, them, you know, acknowledging the fact that this kid is, uh, <laughs> belongs. Now, okay. Now, yeah, that, that's, that's what I'll say. I think, I think it's going to be a little bit rough. I think the nerves are going to make him maybe be a little bit wild. But I think when he's there, he's going to strike out a lot.
1: I think he's going to have zero nerves. No, that's impossible. I don't impossible. think he's going
0: to be feeling that at all. Zero nerves. Impossible. Zero. Zero nerves. Yeah. No. No.
1: It the stars are aligning for him, and uh, I'm excited for the possibilities for my fantasy team, as you oh, well I know. You I took. Him.
0: Oh yeah, baby! Oh, I also thought we should uh, shout out one of the members of our fantasy team. Meant to do this yesterday. The Albuquerque Murder Dogs tried a real snaky move on Sunday where as soon as it was announced that Justin Verlander went down with an injury, they made a trade offer to somebody else in the league to try to steal Jacob deGrom for Justin Verlander. Luckily, the move was caught, and it did not happen. But, uh, you know, all's fair in fantasy and war. So uh, I am struggling in our fantasy league right now. I don't know how you're doing, but... Uh, I'm, I'm definitely struggling,
1: okay? Uh, Mookie Betts has not been playing great, I think George Springer went 0 for 4 last night with with three Ks. Uh, my my starters weren't great in their first time through through the rotation. Uh, I think Jose Barrios netted me negative points. A lot of guys are giving me negatives night after night here. I drafted too many third basemen. Um, I only have I, 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 I've just I've got some real roster issues right now, and I don't know how I'm going to work through them. Last night, again, a lot of my roster is, well, not a lot, but I have, I have a number of Yankees. And so one night postponement, not getting all of those points, it's tough. And, you know, as I mentioned before, I did draft four to five guys who had COVID-19 at the time of the draft. So I've got, I've got my, my injury list is full, and I could put more dudes on it if I had room. So I'm playing the long game here, and I'm not too far behind in week one that that I'm really worried about losing it and going 0 1. It might happen, but
0: it's a long, short season. We shall see tonight back in Washington. We'll see everybody tomorrow.